Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast. Hey, just wanted to give everybody a quick heads up for the next few weeks while winning time, the the story of the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers still runs here. Uh, we'll be dropping, Casey and I, We'll be dropping these podcasts on Mondays, and then I'm going to move the interview episodes to Tuesdays. Uh, so if you're expecting uh, the interviews to drop on Monday like normal, uh, we're going to hold off on that. Uh, just we don't, I don't want to drop two podcasts on the same day. So we're going to drop the, uh, the Winning Time podcast Monday mornings, and then interviews will be dropping Tuesdays or you know, Wednesdays, when, whenever we can pump it out here. Uh, got a great interview lined up for Monday night that we're going to drop on Tuesday morning, so it should be a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy our review of Winning Time, Episode 4, uh, Who the F is Jack McKinney? So enjoy it, folks. of Winning Time, about the Showtime 1980s Lakers with my good friend Casey Hall. We promised to get along better than Will Smith and Chris Rock here uh, this <laughs> this evening. <laughs> uh, was that too soon? Nah, it's probably right on, time, right on key. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that just beat Scott's Tots as the most awkward TV moment ever from the office. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of weird. Almost as awkward as Jeannie Buss flipping through her dad's stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That should be hidden somewhere. Yes, exactly. So, uh, episode four, winning time. Uh, the name of this episode is Who the F is Jack McKinney? Um, which is kind of an appropriate name because none of these guys have ever heard of him. And then he comes in and he is going to rearrange the way everybody thinks about basketball. And we had, uh, I, I think uh, Jack McKinney was into Zen even before Phil Jackson was the head coach of the Lakers. We're talking about levitating and lifting ourselves up off the ground and all sorts of things. Uh Interesting episode. Uh, Casey, I'm going to kick it to you. I'm going to let you start. I know how I felt about the episode, uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and let you start, my friend. Uh, I thought it was all right. Um, kind of interesting just to see how Jack McKinney's mind works a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little out there, a little zen, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I liked that. Um, showing how he tried to develop the offense and everything um, to show them how he wants the game to be played. And then also having pushback from players and higher ups, I guess you'd say GMs and whatnot. But uh, I kind of liked, I liked seeing that part and uh, seeing how he tried to develop it and take it from different spots. But um yeah, I thought that was a good part. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, I thought the episode was kind of based around that for 
probably a good 75-8%, which was good. We actually saw basketball played. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna, real basketball, not one-on-one basketball. <laughs> yes. Uh, real basketball, not at Donald Sterling's house. Yes. Um, I am going. I said last week that I thought last week's episode was my favorite episode so far. I'm going to trump that. I'm going to say this week was far and away my favorite episode, probably mainly because it was all about, I mean, it was the most basketball-centered episode that we've had so far, uh, where it was, it was, like you said, 75-80% dealing with the team and actually having basketball footage and and just building a team and putting a team together and having coaches in there and making those decisions and uh, talking about uh, dealing with um, you know owners and the GM and and player relationships and and stuff like that so for me it was my favorite episode so far that that that, that was my that was my read uh, yeah uh, what uh, I, I I like the introduction of a couple of new characters, most notably Paul Westhead, uh, the the quoting Shakespeare, Paul Westhead. Yeah. Uh, um, interesting guy. What would you think of, of, of his introduction? Um, first off, I love the actor. I'm a big How I Met Your uh, Mother yeah. fan, so seeing him, seeing him in a movie is always great. With um, Jason Segel made your, made, yes. and gave you a big smile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, I mean, I thought, um, kind of the introduction was kind of weird because kind of like, what the heck are we doing at LaSalle University mm-hmm. um, to start? But um, and then the, the, how they brought him on, it was pretty much like, well, you weren't really hired, but I kind of said you're with me, and so you're going to be here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It pretty much was a uh, forced hand to say that he's going to be an assistant coach, but he kind of. Just sitting there in the waiting, I guess you could say, and mm-hmm. um, taking it all in and kind of getting everything thrown in his way just because he looks like he might be 19 years old and <laughs> and, a, and, uh, and more of a, uh, I don't want to say it, a chauffeur more than an assistant basketball coach. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a different basketball environment than we have today where there's so much... Um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, delegation. Uh, yeah. and, and there's so many more assistant coaches. The staffs are obviously way bigger and, and there, there's, you know, there's a nutritionist, there's a shooting coach, there's a ball handling coach, there's a big man coach, there's a perimeter yeah. coach, there's a point guard coach. There's, you know, uh, and I, I think that is, is interesting to see kind of the evolution of the game and, and how, clubs and and programs are are managed in that way so uh but i really like it you know obviously westhead is going to play a a much bigger uh you know a much bigger part in what's going to happen here and for folks that don't know the story i don't necessarily want to spoil it but uh i i do remember the shakespeare uh did you ever see the 30 for 30 on hank gathers uh, yeah, yeah, yep. and and he was a you know he was an English guy. He's a Shakespeare guy, and and uh, he kept those journals, and and I always remembered that uh, from that thirty for thirty, and 
So I, I you know, I, I thought that was a, a good introduction. Um, and like I said, we start to see all the basketball pieces start to come together. And and for the first time, we get to talk a lot about basketball tonight, Casey. Uh, yeah. Which I think is going to be a lot of fun for us. So yeah. Um, let's just jump right into it. Let's go right into our categories because I think on a couple of these categories, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about stuff here. So uh, best scene of the episode for you. Mr. Hall, uh, what was the best scene of the episode for you? Um, I, I think there's a whole bunch of things you could go off here. I, I liked, I mean, a lot of the basketball stuff, just like the locker room stuff where the players are like, man, this is, this is not going to work. What are we doing? Someone needs to talk to the head coach. And then on top of that, they're trying to get someone to be or someone to go talk to Bus or West about doing this and like Kareem wants no part of it. He's like, I'm just here. I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you got magic stepping up saying, Hey, I'm going to do it. But then it's almost like they don't want no rookie to step in and do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that part in the locker room. It just kind of shows like one, how you have that captain that, is the leader, but he doesn't really step out and do it. Uh, but then you have a rookie's like, you know what? No skin off my back. I'm going to go up and I'll talk to Bus about what I need to figure out, how to get this team to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of, I like, I like, that was one of my favorite ones. Uh, I, another one I liked was um, there at the end where Jack McKinney called his wife. Uh, and was just talking like, I can't do this pretty much. Like none of these guys want to listen to me. Uh-huh. Uh, and she really didn't like say a whole lot, but a few words of encouragement or just like do what you need to do pretty much. Mm-hmm. And he comes in there and changes, not everything, but changes certain pieces. And it just like turned into like flow of water. Like he says, it was just fluid motion up and down the floor. Well, yeah, and and the the role of the the coach's wife. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you and Ashley have had those conversations at the dinner table. I know Carla and I have had those conversations, and they're into it, and they understand, and you know, it's it's that's part of it, and that self doubt. You know, at the beginning of the episode, he talked about, uh, you know, he's been an assistant coach for so long. And if you've ever been a head coach, more than likely you've been an assistant coach. And sometimes I remember when I transitioned into being basically a head coach uh, for good. And I just remember after like a week, I I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to this than I ever thought there was. Now I put up a brave face, but I, I sat down with with John Burt for probably an hour, hour, 15 minutes, just going over this. How do you do this? How do you do that? What do I need to do here? Uh, not realizing how much there was to it. And, and it's the same thing at every single level that that slide over of 18 inches is such a massive slide over. And your wife, your significant other is a, a big part of that slide over, whether you're, you know, male or female, whatever it may be, whatever your situation may be. And, uh, I thought that I thought that was interesting too, and he had to, he had to jog to the uh, payphone <laughs> yeah. out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. So, um, 
I, I liked I liked what you like what you said there. Um, I, I thought uh, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I have for the realism um, and the coaching points. Uh, I I was uh, I, I I laughed out loud at the slam duck. Um, I thought that was funny. Um, I was uh, a bit a little bit amused of seeing John C. Riley eating lobsters in a in a bib like he was at Long John Silver's or something yeah. like that. Um, but I, I thought those were all good scenes. I thought the basketball scenes were um, really good. Um, I, I did not uh, I did not like. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on this. I did not like the whole team mutiny uh, thing. Um, and, and I don't know, I can't remember if that happened for real or for not, or if this was made for TV, uh, type <clears> of a thing. Uh, but I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see teams after three days or four, you know, four days, six days, what, however long they were out in Palm Springs, um, just turning against everything when their jobs are on the line and they've got non-guaranteed contracts like Ron Boone did and, and stuff like that. So but maybe that's just I just, me. I just think I just think some of it I think it just kind of shows like how you don't have to be a veteran to be able to step up um, and mm-hmm. try to take a leadership role like Magic did there. I mean, I think Boone was just there as a tough guy and mm-hmm. he never really had a role. Um, well, I don't think he I made think, the final roster. I, I don't that think up. he did. He didn't. I, I didn't think he did, but I could remember off off the top of my head if he did he had to be near the bottom yeah but um i just thought like i know you've got one guy that has no contract but i think just magic trying to step up and trying to fit in mm-hmm. was i think i that's what i kind of liked where he didn't care if he was a five-year player or what for or a rookie mm-hmm. yeah um what did you think about uh well, let's go to uh, let's go to worst scene of the episode. Uh, what, what I had I had a couple, um, and and one one tops my list. But uh, my my worst scene I had two of them: uh, Magic and Cookie on the phone, uh, which was okay, and it wasn't wasn't bad bad, um, you know. And it kind of served its purpose, where you know, Irvin kind of. You know, in the middle of that conversation, he goes, "You're making me out like I'm a bad guy." It's like, well, after three and a half episodes, you you kind of have been kind of a jerk to to her and to a lot of other people, you know. Uh, but uh, my worst scene of the episode was the the genie bus uh, explaining her mission in life uh, with the with the two assistants, with the two marketing people. Um, I thought that was kind of unnecessary, in my opinion. Yeah, that was, I was going to say, that was probably one of my, that was probably my worst one. I mean, I don't know what, why we needed to see that. I mean, they must have had to fill an extra 10 minutes to make sure that it was an hour long episode. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was bad. I, I'm, I'm kind of tired in which I like Sally Field as an actress, but I'm, kind of wore out of the mom saying don't do this mm-hmm. i'm kind of wore out of that stuff because it seems like every episode she's coming up with a reason for her him not to do this yeah 
Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, that's that's it's just kind of it's just kind of wearing on me a little bit. It's like, all right, we've heard enough. Kind of like Magic and his mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of trading spots. It's going from Magic and his mom to Jerry Buss and his mom now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think one of the things that they kind of missed on a little bit was um, a lot of the people that are going to be watching this are are not watching it for the business drama or the the that type of the money part of it. I mean, if they start talking about contracts and how contracts worked and and why we're going to trade this guy and and I know the NBA didn't have a salary cap at this time, you know, but yeah. stuff like that, but but the whole business side of things, most you know, if people want to watch business, they're going to watch Mad Men. Uh most people right. that watch this are are basketball dorks like you and I. And yep. and I think those are kind of some of the rabbit holes that they kind of got sucked into on this. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. So um Okay, so we have probably more than any episode that we've had so far, and and we've kind of flown through uh, some of the the stuff that we've taken longer to talk about, uh, but we have so much basketball stuff. Like I said, probably uh, seventy, like Casey said, seventy five percent of the episode dealt with actual basketball, uh, just happenings and building a team and dealing with uh, just the inner workings of the team and, and how you put together a team and the philosophy of a coach. Um, I got, I got so many notes on this Casey. And so, you know, just start wherever you want to start with. And, and, and let's just, let's just talk about the basketball. Uh, you know, we, we our two categories are grading the basketball realism and the coaching points and concepts you're going to steal from this episode. And I think those two really melded into one because there was so much basketball-centric stuff in this episode, more than we've had in the series probably total so far. And so um, let's let's just dive in and kind of wherever we go, that's where we go. I'll let you lead. Um, I think a lot of it is is they're showing the aspect of being a new coach and coming in to try to create your own culture and system. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Jack McKinney, it was trying to break down a brick wall with a bank safe surrounding it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was tough just to be able to get these guys to buy in a little bit, and I still don't know if they have. Mm-hmm. But I think I think you can see if you watch the episode by the end, they're kind of like, "Ooh, we got the right. Maybe we have the right comma to make this work." Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one thing is, and we can talk about that when we get to our coaches part, but like always getting the buy-in and making these guys believe is very tough mm-hmm. uh, at any level, Yeah. Um, depending on where you're coming from. I think that was one thing coaching-wise that really jumped out at me. It's like, and now I don't know if it's all true or not, or uh, that's how it went, but just seeing it here, it's like, more than likely it probably happens at the NBA level. Like these guys don't believe what you're going to say or want to do. So I I thought that as a coaching aspect, that was pretty big. Well, Jack McKinney, our our first analytics master, uh, he sets up, he sets up the projector. He goes through three or four plays. He talks about how long they hold the ball. He talks about uh, points per minute. He talks about success rate and, so forth and so on. Um, this is what average team. I mean, th- this guy is is uh, you know he's he's John Hollinger, yeah, thirty five yeah. years before John Hollinger, you know, and uh, 
you know, today we take that type of stuff and we go, well, of of course that's what we talk about. We 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 talk about you know points per possession or shot. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, rating our shots and yeah. and how long are we holding the ball and you know this and that number of passes per possession. Just simple stuff that we do. Let alone you know whatever it is they do at the NBA level. And and here he comes in with his projector and he and he basically says, here's the math. It's it's the combination of here's the math, here's the science of it, but also. Here's the flow of it. Here is, and I love the the comparison that he makes, um, comparing classical music to jazz, and yeah. he, and he wants to, and and there's there's so much truth to that that when when you hit that jazz on that right note, when you hit that motion offense, when you hit that free flowing offense, uh, it is a beautiful beautiful thing to watch. And classical music can be great too. I mean. Uh, both of us have done it multiple different ways. When we played against each other, you had your system, I had my system. We ran a lot of three out, two in, and we were really structured. But now I've evolved into more of a, a motion guy, and and you did your stuff. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, both both styles of music can be great. It, it just depends on what kind of music you want to play. You know. Yeah. And, yep. and and I thought the way he explained that was really really good. Yeah, that was that, that's a very good point. Like everybody does things a little different than everybody else, and it just depends on what your beat is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you talked about the um, the adjustments. Um, you know, we we end up the episode in the final scrimmage. Uh, he he hits upon the idea of putting two point guards out there together at the same time, and then uh, you know I believe the lineup was Magic Nixon, Jamal Wilkes, and Kareem. Which okay, and then he puts in Michael Cooper, uh, the role player, and and he doesn't have. For example, I didn't know this until this episode. I didn't realize that Adrian Dantley was on this team. At this point, yeah, um, who would go on to lead the NBA in scoring multiple times, and he was with the you know Pistons and so forth and so on. Um, you know that kind of coaching thing of it's not necessarily putting the best talent out there; it's how the pieces fit together. And I think that's something that that we get caught into, uh, where well, these are our five most talented players. This is who we have to fit together. Well, sometimes, yeah, that's true. But also, it's times where you've got to find the five pieces that fit together the the best that uh, make it work, and and that's what you got to go with instead of putting talent out there. It's it's a group of five, not five individual players. Yeah, and it, that that's that's great point. Like, gosh, I was watching. It was this weekend, and it just makes me think of that point. Like, you can put five great players out there, and then your bench, you can pull in one or two. Like, and I, I was watching, I don't remember if I was watching women's or men's this weekend, the NCAA tournament, and they kind of talked about that. Like, one, a coach said, like, I've got five good players on the floor, but I've got two that are starters that can come off the bench and give me just as many points as, like, one of these starters who are that start, but they just the first five just flow so well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you saw at the end of 
at the end of the show with those five on the floor. Like, you put Magic out there who made some dudes look silly, but they also made themselves look silly in practice because he'd see the game transpire a lot faster than those other guys would. And mm-hmm. that's why he was so fancy with his passes. I mean, in that era, they thought it was outrageous because he's making passes like that. Now you can see, you see those passes all the time in our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, and then you got magic, you got Norm Nixon, two great point guards that can both score and pass. Michael Cooper is one of the most athletic dudes ever to play. Yep. Um, uh, I mean, he won multiple defensive MVPs. Yep. Um, the Koopa Loop you, we saw multiple yeah. times in the scrimmage. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think that's the big thing is you've got to find that the best way to make it click, and then you've got to find those players that can fill in when you dig deeper into the bench. And I think we'll see that as we go on. Um, but as a coach, you've got to be able to solve those, solve that out yourself. Exactly. Um, I I thought it was also interesting, uh, you know, as they put the roster together too, and and uh, you know, kind of that same concept. You know, Michael Cooper obviously makes it. We know that today. Uh, you know, they end up trading Adrian Dantley and out of Notre Dame, who did this, who won an Olympic gold medal, um, and you know, obviously scores a lot more than Michael Cooper. But Michael Cooper was the better fit with that team at that time um oh what else do i have here analytics i talked about that um what do you think of kareem skyhook um i mean it's still good well what do you think of of the actors skyhook oh it wasn't half bad actually i thought it i would give it about a b yeah i mean that i was kind of when he did it i was kind of nervous like, mm-hmm. ooh, what is this going to be, a shot put, or what's it going to be? And he actually got it up there, which was pretty impressive. Yeah, well, it's the most iconic shot in the history of basketball. I mean, yeah. you, you you think of, I mean, what other shots can you think of? Uh, you know, you know, Steph Curry shooting the three, it'd be kind of like that. I mean, uh, Dr. Or Dr. J's dunk, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's, I mean, you can see anybody do that, but that's kind of iconic because it's one of the most, I don't know how I want to say it. It was one of the first time you saw a big time dunk like that happen in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the rock, the cradle, the rock, rock, the cradle. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you know, uh, you knew at some point we were, we, you, you couldn't have done this without seeing the sky hook at some point. And, uh, we, we finally see it. And yeah, I thought, I thought the actor, did a pretty solid job of of dropping, you know, going over that left shoulder and putting the sky hook up. I I would give him a solid B for the sky hook. So yeah, I agree. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was very interesting. McKinney and and you and I have both been there. We've done this job a long time. Uh, he's got the he's got the three ring binder with him, and we're all kind of starting. Uh, we or we will be starting that process of thinking ahead to our next season. Uh, shameless plug, Coach's Clinic, Fort Calhoun High School, April the 9th, the pen and a napkin, second annual. Shameless plug. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we will all start scratching that stuff out. And here's all the theories. And we'll have our, 
our notes written down and and will this work will it won't work um what are we going to experiment with? What are we going to keep the same from last season to this season? And and that was, for me, something I could really relate with of, of him walking around with that notebook of ideas. And here's what I'm thinking. Here's what, I, here's what uh, he's constantly drawn that out. You know, I, I like what we have, but can we do it even a little bit better? Is there a wrinkle that we can do a little bit better? Um, and that was relatable for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, man, I'm not a head coach, but I'm, I mean, I'm an assistant, but man, you're still, I can go through and look at Twitter all day. You see all these sets that are, people are putting on there on Twitter for that you see NCAA teams run for the NCAA tournament right now. And you're like, ooh, that might be something we're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and tag that one and save that one in my folder. I mean, just little things like, you see that happen on TV or you just talk to somebody else, another coach at state tournament over the last couple of weeks, or just out in general, you're like, Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe we should try that mm-hmm. and go from there. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's kind of like, it never ends. No. It ends, it ends, but it doesn't. Yes. Yes. That is a perfect way of saying that it never ends. Because you take this little thing and you want to perhaps add it to this or that. And and here was this guy who had a 20-year a preparation to get to this point. And, uh, you know, it's like he was telling his wife in the phone booth, I, I've got all the theories, I've got all this. And he, and he told her when he was out for the jog. And by the way, the, the McKinney Miles, uh, that, yeah. that, that did not look like that was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, that that I would pass on that. <laughs> I pulled the Kareem and say I'm just going to sit this out. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, a, another thing dealing with with dynamics. What do you do when your best player is not as cooperative as what you would like? I guess another another yeah. coaching point. Yeah that that was that would be tough, especially for McKinney and West. Paul coming in as new coaches and you're trying to go walk up to one of the best players in the NBA at that time uh, and be like, Hey, we only got a few more uh, drills left and then you can, uh, then we'll get out of here. And he starts taking her shoes off. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's a really tough situation. I think for us, it's totally different in the high school level compared to the NBA. Um, well, especially now in the NBA where, You've got people taking time off every other day, yeah, or whatever they want to call it. Uh, uh, rest management or rest management, yeah. 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 So, um, I don't know, that was that was kind of interesting, and I, I, I kind of liked how Paul just kind of said that and then just walked away, <laughs> like, Well, I guess I'll let someone else deal with it, yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, I was teaching uh, Shakespeare at LaSalle in Philadelphia, and uh. Yeah, now I'm 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 telling Kareem Abdul Jabbar to run sprints. Uh, I, I don't know about that. So right. Uh, let's see here. What else? Uh, what else do I have on my? But I, I like I, I I like the the comparison that McKinney had. You know, flow uh, flow like water. Um, which, if you want to do that running style, that attacking style, there's a lot of truth to that statement. Uh, flow like water, and and. Uh, uh, you know, I, I really think that 
you know, that makes sense. Um, and, and I like those, those, and, and we all have them, those little sayings, those little things that we pop off. You know, we, we talk about it in our practices that, uh, we only want to try it. We want to make seven second corrections and then move on. And, uh, you know, Hey, flow like water, get it out. Don't run to spots, you know, this type of thing. Um, so I like that. Um, and then I, you know, the one thing that was very realistic, and this is all something we all need to think about is, uh, you know, our guy, our guy, Jerry West, for the first time in three episodes, uh, we don't need to hit him with a tranquilizer gun or anything yeah. like that. But he actually kind of comes in and saves the day a little bit. Yeah, it kind of makes Jack rethink a little bit about what he's doing and what he's trying to do. Because mm-hmm. you can't cut the whole team if you want to have a team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but he kind of gives him some some good advice um, about meeting them a little bit halfway and... Uh, but then he does the thing where he does think outside the box and he puts the two point guards together out there at the same time. And whoever has the ball, that's the point guard on that possession. And then everything else goes from there. And, um, you know, that's just an interesting, interesting way to look at it. That our guy, Jerry, who we have, we've, like I said, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about Jerry, but this week we, we got the, we got the low key laid back jerry west uh instead of the high strung jerry west so they must have gave him some pills to calm him down <laughs> i don't know that or that or he's finding his his new niche here yeah. um uh anything else uh on the on the basketball stuff um no. what, i think we i think we pretty much hit it all yeah yeah i think we did um what was your grade for the basketball realism of this episode, Mr. Hall? Uh, I'd probably say it's a good B. Oh, really? Really? I, I thought. I thought. I mean, I. I mean, it wasn't like outstanding, outstanding. But I think the parts about getting up and down the floor, seeing the path. I mean, I know you didn't see. We didn't see a ton of it, but um, at the end of the episode, I think that a lot of that was real. Um, where you can see fast breaks and um, defensive transition stuff, I thought that was that was pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave it I gave it an A minus altogether, just for just for everything. Um, yeah, you know uh, the coach constantly working on his X's and O's, the the, the notebook of ideas, uh, you know, trying to uh, get this team to buy in. Uh, to something that's that's really really different, um, you know, and and you're dealing with established pros. I, I think Kareem had won like four or five MVPs up until that point, you know, so it was hard to tell Kareem really what to do uh, for the betterment of the team when he was just going to do his thing, um, you know. So, you know, the the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, now, the, again, for me, the one really unrealistic team was the uh, the one real unrealistic thing was the the team mutiny. Um, yeah. You know that quick into things after four or five days. Uh, you know, I don't I, I don't see that happening. And maybe it did happen. I don't know if it did or not. I don't, but I don't know if that's a Hollywood thing or 
or well, or and I, I kind of wonder like they didn't really show us a t- I wonder how long that training camp actually was was like that the first four or five days in or was that longer into well usually with those NBA training camps they they go somewhere for a week to ten days mm-hmm. and and then they start playing their exhibition games okay um, that's what I that's what I did I mean I know training camps short I mean it's so I know it's only. 12 to 20 days max, if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I just wondered. I didn't know. And I couldn't remember if it was always this way or it had changed or not. So I, that's why I didn't know how quick that mutiny came in. Yeah. So uh, that was the only downside to it. But, again, because of the, the quote-unquote mutiny, you know, Jerry West needs to come in. and He gets to come in and kind of save the day and – uh, you know, had some good words of advice. I and and I, you know, I kind of understood where Jerry West was coming from, um, yeah. and, I, and I thought he had some good points there um, with McKinney, and and it forced him to to make the change that he did. So, um, all right, uh, who made the most out of the '80s and survived award? Um, I'm gonna go Jack and Kenny. Okay, I thought. I mean, I think just going from saying it's my way or the highway and then kind of growing a little bit and taking some words of advice from Jerry West and his wife and um, kind of work it to make the team better. He kind of changed things up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I thought, I thought, I thought his adjustments just in general were um, pretty good to the make the change for the 80s. Okay. I went with Jerry Buss, and I think that's the second time I've given him that award. Uh, I think uh, this is a PG-13 program. Um, I will just let the episode speak for itself uh, <laughs> from from beginning to end. Uh, Dr. Buss was a lunatic. Um, I, I, you know, so, uh, but that's just me. So, uh Overall grade for the episode, Mr. Hall. I'm going to lead with this. I'm going to say that my overall grade would be an A-. minus. Um, I was really high on this episode. Um, I, I liked a lot of the stuff that they had in it. Uh, you know, the, the trying to figure the things out, uh, the figuring out the roster, the figuring out the team. Uh, it was our most basketball-centric episode so far. Uh, I thought I thought the the basketball concepts that they introduced were for the most part really realistic. Um, you know uh, the the things that you have to consider, the things that you look at. Again, the kind of the coaching side of it, seeing McKinney side of it. Um, minimal bad scenes, like we talked about. Uh, we had the kind of the bad scene with Jeannie Bus uh, in the basement of the forum and that type of thing. Uh, but I was I was. Like I said, of the four episodes so far, this was my favorite. I gave it an A minus. Yeah, I've got B plus B in that high range. I thought it was really good too. I, I'm glad we got to see some basketball and how things transpired on the court. Um, getting up and down the floor a little bit, players having to learn and change their ways a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also um, Jack and. Paul have to change their ways a little bit and kind of all of them coming together to make it work, work, work as a team. Yep. 
All right. So both of us high marks uh, for this episode, winning time, episode four, who the F is Jack McKinney. And uh, yeah, we, we are both in agreement here uh, that this, this was a very, very solid outing. Uh, so we are getting closer to the regular season. We're about to see the birth of the Forum Club and the Laker girls. Uh, I think we might take a step, based on the, the previews of next week's episode, I think we might be taking a step backwards on the basketball action here. And it's going to be a lot about the behind-the-scenes stuff with the running of the club. Uh, but hey, we'll cross that bridge when we find it, my friend. Yep. So, all right, Mr. Hall, anything else to add? Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, for Casey Hall, my name is Marty Plum. I hope you've enjoyed our review of Winning Time, episode number four, Who the F is Jack McKinney. Uh, we will uh, be back on here next week for next week's episode. Uh, next week will be the halfway mark in our series. And so we're having a lot of fun with these reviews, and I hope you folks are enjoying it. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>